Let us pray. If my sins give me alarm and my conscience grieve me, let your cross my fear disarm. Peace of conscience give me. Help me see forgiveness won by your holy passion. If for me he slays his son, God must have compassion. Amen. Members of Good Shepherd Congregation, family and friends that have gathered here today, Dwayne, Mike, Gary, and especially to you, my dear brother Bob, grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. The text for our meditation today, Marlene's confirmation verse over 70 years ago, a half a verse from Revelation chapter 2, and I want to share with you the context, one of the seven letters to the churches in the book of Revelation. And this is the letter to the church in Smyrna. Revelation 2, beginning at verse 8. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The words of the first and last, who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty... But you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, be faithful to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. Thus says the Lord. What does it mean to be faithful? Well, the word faithful is an adjective. Dictionary.com says that it is a uh, strict or thorough performance of duty. Like a faithful worker, a faithful wife, a faithful mom and grandma, like that. Or someone who is true to one's word, promises, and vows. That's what it means to be faithful. The word faithful is also used as a noun. The faithful. And when the word faithful is used as a noun, it refers to those who are loyal members of a group. 
the faithful. The faithful has often been used to characterize believers, the holy Christian church. What does it mean to be faithful? We in Nebraska know all about that, don't we? Since 1962, the faithful have packed Memorial Stadium every game, every Saturday, 369 times in a row. We know what it's like to be faithful through thick and thin, through Bo and Callahan and Riley. But now the Savior has come, Scott Frost. Adrian Martinez, the faithful rejoice, right? My friends, how often we get mixed up with regard to what it means to be faithful. To be faithful and loyal to one's school or team or team colors. That can be a very good thing. As long as it does not become the number one thing. We are to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And it is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who calls us to be Faithful to Him. We have a very poor record of faithfulness, don't we? All the way back to the very beginning. Genesis chapter 3. Our first parents were called to be faithful. And yet they thought they had better words than the Lord God himself. Eve and then Adam became loyal and faithful to their own heart's desire over the word of God. And in so doing fell into sin. Brought sin and all of its terrible consequences crashing down on them their children, all the way down to us, right here and right now today. Sin and the depravity of sin, unfaithfulness, is the way of the world. And don't be mistaken, it lives inside of each one of us. Notice the black flower on the casket. That's us. Sinners. Sinners to the core. Unfaithful. What did God do? Did he, did he wipe out Adam and Eve? Did he pick a new team? When we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. He gave them a word. He gave them a promise. He gave them life. One day I will send a true Messiah, a true Savior into this world who will crush the serpent's head and will restore 
the broken relationship between God, the creator, and his fallen creation. Throughout the pages of Holy Scripture, we see God giving promises, keeping promises, displaying his faithfulness. And we see the people of God time after time after time getting their loyalties mixed up. We see the unfaithfulness of the people of God. What does God do? He raises up a prophet. He raises up a preacher. He sends a word of law and gospel, repentance and forgiveness, a word of life. Throughout all of the heroes of the Holy Scriptures, we see them. We see them warts and all. We see no sugar-coated heroes of the faith. We see sinners. Sinners who cannot save themselves. Sinners in need of a Savior. So what does God do? God is faithful. God keeps his word. When the time was right, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, born to redeem sinners. Sinners like you and me. How did Jesus do it? With his holy, precious, innocent suffering and death with his blood spilled on Calvary's cross. Jesus wins salvation for us, eternal life by his sacrificial death. The wages of sin is death. It is before us every day. Jesus didn't sin. Jesus didn't have to die. But he freely and willingly became our substitute. He took our sins into himself and onto himself all the way to an old rugged cross, bleeding and dying. The death we deserve, Jesus took upon himself. Jesus, I will ponder now on thy holy passion. My friends, what Jesus did for the whole world, he did for you. He shed his blood for you. He paid the price of sin for you. Not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood. See the red flower on the casket? Jesus' blood overcomes all, even our sin. My friends, death never has the last word, not for a Christian. The stone-cold body of Jesus was laid in a new tomb. But three days later, Jesus, who was dead, is alive, never to die again. Jesus pays for our sin and then conquers our greatest enemy, death itself. 
Jesus is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And remember, everything Jesus does, He does for you. My friends, Jesus, risen, ascended, seated at the right hand of God, really present here with us wherever His Word is proclaimed in its truth and purity and the sacraments administered according to the command and promise of God. There Jesus is doing His Jesus thing. Applying His holy precious blood to us and making us clean. Though your sins be as scarlet, I make them as white as snow. He covers us with the robe of Christ's righteousness and He makes us pure and holy and white. Just like the flower on our casket. It's not one or two, but all three that represent us and God's great love for us. My friends, it was 84 years ago when God delivered Good Friday and Easter to Marlene in the waters of holy baptism. Took a poor miserable sinner washed her in the blood of the Lamb and made her pure, white, creating faith in her heart. In an obscure place, and trust me, growing up in West Point, Scribner is as obscure as you can get unless it's Crowell. God claimed Marlene to be his own. Adopting her into his family. Just over 70 years ago, as Marlene stood before the very altar of God at St. Peter's and Scribner, The pastor spoke the words of our text over her head. Be faithful. Even to the point of death. And I will give you the crown of life. Marlene wasn't a a faithful wife, mom, church member. All the things that we heard about in that Proverbs 31 woman, which fits her to a T, and which she would never ever have wanted read at her funeral. All of those things were hers, not because she thought she had to do them to earn God's favor. God's favor was already hers. The crown of life is a gift, pure gift. And everything she did and everything she was was in joyous response to the passion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for her. He was a hard worker. He was a faithful wife, mom, grandma. He was a faithful church member. He was an amazing cook. 
Pastor, I made a few extra buns for you. I hid them in the kitchen. Don't tell anybody. She was faithful. Faithful to her hometown. Faithful to her family. Faithful to her church family. But most importantly, she heard the word of her Savior Jesus, and she believed it, and she followed him. She was faithful, and all the while, the gift of humility shone forth in all that she did. She never, ever, ever wanted any attention to be drawn to herself. What a marvelous, marvelous example for each one of us. When she and Bob helped start the Thanksgiving dinner that we have here for our older members in the congregation, I really knew she was kind of the brains behind all of it. But even then, she deflected and gave all credit to Bob and to the Lord. How many of you knew that Marlene, sometimes Bob, sometimes one of Marlene's friends, over the last 20 years made hundreds and hundreds of visits? Visits to the nursing home, visits to shut-ins, visits to the hospital. Not as a part of some organized shepherding visitation program at the church. It's just because that's who she was. That's what a Christian does. When she missed somebody at church, she didn't run to the pastor. She got on the phone and called him up and said, is everything all right? Can I come by for a visit? Do you need a ride? You don't want to leave the house? Come to, uh, to breakfast with us on Monday morning. Come and fold bulletins with us on Friday morning. She heard the word of God. Believed the word of God. And lived the word of God. She naturally wanted to bring people to where the voice of Jesus was at. Including her husband. Can't tell you how many times Bob has told me, Marlene saved me. Marlene saved me. Marlene brought me to Jesus. Now he didn't mean that Marlene crawled on the cross. But that Marlene was the instrument through which God brought a pagan to faith in Jesus. Jesus saved you, Bob, through the gift of your wife. Thanks be to God. I had the privilege of being Marlene's pastor for over 20 years. And I can honestly tell you that there was only one time that Marlene ever got cross with me. 
only one. We had been doing a series of Lenten sermons on Luther's small catechism. And it was about halfway, about three or four years into that series, after church one Wednesday in Lent, she pulled me off to the side and she said, Pastor, I really miss Lent. I go, what do you mean you miss Lent? We just had a Lenten service. He goes, no, you don't know what I mean. Don't get me wrong, I love the catechism. But I miss hearing the passion of our Lord Jesus and singing the Lenten hymns. Garrison Keeler once said that for Lutherans, every day is Lent. He meant that as a slam, that Lutherans don't know how to celebrate. We're, we're dreary and, and depressed all the time. We're stuck in Lent. I used that as an illustration one morning in Bible study. Marlene pulled me off to the side afterwards. She said, I wish every day was Lent. She loved to hear that her Savior suffered for her. She loved to sing the hymns that focused with a laser focus on the passion and suffering of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. She knew that she was a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. She knew that in spite of God's call to her to be faithful, she wasn't always faithful, she wasn't perfect, but that Christ was faithful for her. That Christ wore a crown of thorns for her so that she would wear the gift of the crown of life. which is hers today. When I would see Marlene, I always brought along not only my Bible, but my hymnal. You may have noticed as the cross came in today, a hymn that is sung quite often during the Lenten season, generally at the end of the service. These were the last words I shared with Marlene. Lord, take my hand and lead me upon life's way. Direct, protect, and feed me from day to day. Without your grace and favor, I go astray. So take my hand, O Savior, and lead the way. Lord, when the tempest rages, I need not fear. For you, the rock of ages, are always near. Close by your side abiding, I fear no foe. For when your hand is guiding, in peace I go. Lord, when the shadows lengthen and night has come, I know that you will strengthen my steps toward home. Then nothing can impede me, O blessed friend. So take my hand and lead me unto the end. My friends, be faithful.
to the point of death. And God will give you the crown of life. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our ears, our lives, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.